knows, but as part of our greatest series, we've been doing this little sub-series looking at the head, the heart, and tonight, the hands. Um, and yeah, we're super excited to have you yeah, speak for us tonight, Shane. So I think I'll pray for you if that's okay, and then we'll get straight into it. Awesome. Father God, I thank you so much for Shane. Thank you that um, he can share with us tonight. And yeah, just really, I, I thank you that... Um, yeah, you've really given Shane a heart for you and a heart for you uh, to be made known in this world as well. So as he shares with us tonight, Father, like Joel shared before too, I pray that you can just help us be receptive um, and just to step in and engage with you tonight um, with whatever it is that you have to say to us. So I thank you for Shane and I thank you for what you're going to um, yeah share with us through him tonight. In Jesus' name, Amen. Guys, very good. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me again tonight. It's great to see um, some familiar faces, some new faces. Thank you all for coming. Um, and thank you for allowing me to speak. It's been great the past two times hearing from uh, Danny and Andrew. We heard from Danny last time um, on the heart and what it means to engage with God with a pure heart. Uh, we heard from Andrew the time before that um, about our head and our knowledge of God and how we can engage with God through our knowledge. Remember, he bought a motorbike in here. Sab got up, jumped on the motorbike, and he was like, well, you can't ride the motorbike if you don't know where the accelerator is, where this is, if you don't know about it. So that's what we've been going through. And tonight we're looking at hands, what we do with our hands, how we serve, how we act, really how we actually get on the motorbike and start riding the motorbike. That's what we're talking about tonight. Because the thing is that all three of these things go together, our head, our heart, and our hands, they all go together. Yeah, we've split them up into different weeks, and tonight we're focusing on hands, but all three of these go together. You can't really jump on the motorbike if you don't know the parts, but you can know all the parts about the motorbike, but you can only, you follow me? Like, you can learn more about the motorbike once you actually get on the motorbike, you put the accelerator and you go, oh, that's actually how it feels like when it goes. Yeah? Is that you following? So that's why we're looking at all three of these. All right, so they all go together. Remember that. It's not just hands. Cool. Now, a few of us were at Hillsong uh, two weeks ago now. A couple of... All the front row. All the, yep, Hillsong in the front row. That's great. Very good. Most. It was a super encouraging week. We heard from lots of speakers. We heard uh, lots of music. Lots of that. Uh, one of my favorite speakers was a guy called Louis Giglio. Have you guys heard of Louis? Yeah, a couple of nods. He was very good. Um, he used a lot of analogies, and one of the ones he used was a bucket of water and a ladder. Yeah, I tried, sorry about the photos, I tried, you should have seen my Google search history, it was like Louis Giglio, bucket, ladder, Hillsong conference, but nothing came up. Uh, so we've got a ladder and a bucket. Hopefully you get the picture. It was bad, I spent a while. Now, so he, he set this up on stage. And he climbed to the top of the ladder and he had a little pebble in his hand and he dropped that little pebble in the bucket and it made a little, little splash. And he said, that's not what the grace of God is like. That's not what it is. He got down from the ladder and he went down and he picked up this massive, this massive rock, this massive boulder. And everyone's like, oh, is he going to do it? He's like, this is the grace of God. He climbed up the ladder. He built like really good suspense. Everyone was like, oh, is he going to drop it? There was a stagehand holding the ladder and the stagehand was going to get soaked. I was like, he's in trouble. And he dropped it. 
dropped it, and the water went bang everywhere. The stage chain got wet. The whole stage was like wet. It was pretty wet, yeah? Yeah. Good. He says that's what the grace of God is like when it drops in our hearts. Normally, in a sermon, you save like Jesus and the gospel message for like a climax at the end of a sermon. Um, but today, this is going to be right here, yeah? Jesus is that boulder who drops into our lives and creates that splash, right? Jesus, we're talking about hands tonight. If you want to look at the ultimate picture of hands, that's Jesus. He came to earth. He used his hands to redeem his people, to redeem us. His hands were pierced, nail-pierced hands. And that's the gospel message. The gospel message is that we have a Savior who came down to earth and used his hands and redeemed the world so that we could be in relationship with him. So that's the message, and that comes first tonight. And some of us need to grasp that tonight, what that actually means before we actually step on to the rest of what it is. Because that's the boulder. That's the boulder that drops off the ladder into the bucket and creates that big splash. And tonight, I want to suggest that that big splash, all the water that comes out of here, is the things we do with our hands. As that boulder, as God's grace drops in our hearts and we experience it, it creates a splash, and that is our action, that is our response, and that is what we do with our hands. Everything we do with our hands is not going to make that rock fall. Does that make sense? Talking metaphor here. But we read in the Bible later in the New Testament, like Ephesians, those kind of books, that there's nothing we can do to earn God's salvation. There's nothing we can do. We can try this. We can do this. We can be a good person. But there's nothing we can do to actually earn that salvation. There's nothing we can do to make that rock fall. All right, So that rock falls, and everything we do as a response to that is the outflow, the overflow of the grace of God. So that's so important as we discuss hands tonight. I don't want you to think that, you know, I want to do all these things and then God will love me. No. God has loved you. He's dropped that boulder. And because of that, we respond from the outflow of that. Is that cool? Yeah? Very good. All right. So we're going to turn to Exodus 3. We're going to learn from the life of Moses tonight and how he used his hands. So if you have your Bibles, um, Exodus 3. Otherwise, it'll be on the screen as well. All right, so Moses and the burning bush, starting in verse 1. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, while the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, Here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the, pl- the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, 
Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Cool, so that's Moses. That's the commissioning of Moses, and we're going to look at that tonight. We're going to look at three points, and with the help of Joel, they're going to spell ACT. Yeah, A-C-T. That's credit to Joel, that's not me. Thanks, Joel. ACT, yeah? We're looking at three points. Awareness, commission, and trust. All spelling ACT. Cool, so the first point, awareness. So, you can imagine Moses walking through the desert. He's shepherding his sheep. He's got like all these sheep in front of him. He's got his staff in his hand and he's trying to keep control of all these sheep. And he sees a bush that's on fire out of the corner of his eye to the side. And we've got to watch the actions he takes from here. All right, so in verse 2, it says that Moses saw the bush. He saw the bush. Then in the ESV, it says he turned aside and he went over there. After he's seen the bush, he's turned aside. And it was then that the Lord spoke to Moses. It was then that the Lord spoke. All right, and then verse 5 God calls to him, Moses, Moses. And Moses says, Here I am, God. I'm not suggesting that that's the order that it happens every time in. But here, Moses saw, he saw the bush. He thought to himself, I will turn aside. So he turned and he walked, he went over. And then when the Lord saw that he had gone over, then the Lord spoke. And Moses was an open posture. Here I am, ready to to hear what the Lord said. So my question is for us today, are we actually aware enough to see God when he speaks and when he moves and when he calls us? Are we aware of God in the same way that Moses was here? Because really in our day and age, we have a lot of distractions. Yeah, Moses had his sheep. We have, what do we have? We have our work, our study, our school, we have our uni, we have our video games, our TV, our phones, all our screens, massive distraction. That's us. Moses had a herd of sheep. That's, if I was Moses, that's a pretty good distraction. That's a lot to keep control of. Um, I don't know whether I'd rather all of ours or the sheep. I think I'd take ours for sure. Um, yeah, So, but even Moses had all these distractions. He saw, he turned aside, he went over and he listened to God, even amongst that. In my, as I was preparing for this, what I was going to ask you right now was, are you aware enough to see God's burning bushes throughout your days? That was what I was going to ask you. But then I realized we don't have to, in our day and age, we don't have to see a burning bush like over there outside of us to experience God. We don't have to, you know, walk through our week and say, oh God, like, are you there? Okay, you're not there. Are you there? No, not there. God's not outside of us. He is, not, he is not to be seen over there. But the Bible teaches that if we have accepted Christ as our Savior, we have a burning bush inside of us. We have a burning bush inside of you guys. 
So the question is completely different. It's not, we don't go, as I said before, looking for God over there, over there. But the question is, are you aware enough to experience God in here? Can you see this burning bush inside of you? And are you aware of that? Because really that, that boulder, the one weakness of Louis' uh, illustration, was that that boulder was a dead thing. It was heavy, it was big, it created a big splash, but it was dead. Right? So I was thinking maybe he could have dropped, I don't know, some type of living thing. Platypus, a beaver, I don't know. But it just wrecks the metaphor. The Holy Spirit is not a platypus, right? But there's a living thing. There I go, I got your attention again. There's a living thing inside of us, a living person inside of us. He's like swimming around. He might make a splash. Did you, did you feel that splash? Did you feel that movement? He might come up to the edge of the bucket and like give it a bit of a push. Did you feel that? Are we aware enough of God to feel where he's nudging? Because he is nudging. That burning bush inside of us is nudging. So the first point in our acting is awareness. As we act, we have to be aware of God inside of us. That's A. What comes next? C. The commission that God gives to Moses. In verse, in verse 7 and 8, this is what the Lord says. He goes, I've seen the misery of my people of Egypt. He's seen it. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hands of the Egyptians. Yeah? So he's seen, he's heard, He's concerned about their suffering. And because of that, he's come down. If I'm Moses, I'm like, this is so good. Like, we've been waiting for so many years for this to happen. We've been in slavery for so long. God's seen us. He's heard us. He's concerned about us. And he's come down. Right? He's just going to rescue us. He's literally just going to, like, pick us up and just, like, drop us in the promised land, like, one by one, clear the Egyptians. This is going to be great. And then we have verse 10. We have verse 10. Where God says to Moses, so now, speaking to Moses, go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. If I'm Moses, I'm like, hang on a sec, hang on. You've, you've seen, you've heard, you're concerned about us, and you're not just going to like change it? You're not just going to fix it? You're actually going to send me. Like, is it just me or does that not make sense? Surely you can just stop the slavery. Surely you can just like, I don't know, remove Pharaoh and just like take us all to the promised land. And God says, look, Moses, like in, in my way, it doesn't say this in the Bible, but I'm going to save them and I'm, I'm going to use you to accomplish that. I'm going to use you. In my mind, if God has the power to set all the Israelites free, why doesn't he just do it? Why does he have to use Moses to do it? And what follows then is the question, if God sees the brokenness in Melbourne, if he sees the way the homeless, homeless are treated you know, in the city all around, why doesn't he just come and like fix it? Why doesn't he just come if he has the power to, right? If he sees the poverty in Africa, in Uganda, in the slums of Jinja, if he sees those kids there, why doesn't he just like drop some money? Why doesn't he just like heal them? Why doesn't he just, you know, make it better if he has the power to? 
Here's some tough questions. Verse 10, Moses says, uh, God says in response, as we just saw, I am go, I am sending you. To Moses, I am sending you to Pharaoh. I want to use you. I'm sending you, fill your name in there, to the city of Melbourne. I'm sending you, go. I'm sending you, Jordan, Joel, leaders, to Jinja, Uganda. I'm sending you there. I'm sending you to fix that broken relationship in your family that has been around for years, but no one's really talking about. I'm sending you to go there. We have some some people in school here. You know those kids in your year level that are a bit left out, and they're not. No one really talks to them. I'm sending you to go and to be Jesus to that person. I'm sending you. To me, that it. I struggle to get my head around it, and I and I ask God why. And for some reason, I can't get my head around it, but God is sending Christians, just like you and I, into his world to accomplish his purposes. He's sending us. Just like his disciples in the New Testament, he sends them. And all throughout the Bible, you see God sending broken people like his disciples, like Moses, like David, like Paul, all broken people that God sends into his world to make the world right. And he uses their hands to accomplish his purposes. So my question is to you tonight, where, where is God sending you? And how is he calling you to be his hands and his feet in his world? I believe God is, is speaking and he's stirring right now. Um, yeah, I believe he's putting situations in your mind where he wants you to act. So the first A of act, be aware of that as God is moving in your heart. I believe he's bringing up particular people in your, in your mind right now that he wants you to bring, be Jesus to, to bring the gospel to. I wonder what particular situation is stirring up for you right now. And the question is, are you aware of that? Because before we act, we have to be aware in our acting, we have to be aware of the commission, point two, the commission that God gives to go. And lastly, we're looking at point three, trust. Trust. See, the best thing is, one of the best things is we don't have to have it all together to use our hands for Jesus. You don't need to be fully educated. You don't need to have a degree behind you. You don't need to be 10 years into your career and be a gun at what you do. God uses Moses even when he wasn't really ready. Moses goes, who am I that I go to Pharaoh and talk? He uses broken people and he calls these people to trust him. And he calls them to trust three things. He calls them to trust his gifts. He calls them to trust that God will provide people. And he also calls them to trust God's promise. And we're going to look at them very quickly. Three points in our, in our third point. First of those is gifts. If you if you read on uh, into chapter four of Exodus, you you start to see what this actually looks like for Moses. You know, as he he talks with God in chapter three, and then he can, like works it out a bit more in chapter four. And in verse one, we have this line where Moses says to God, "What if they don't believe me? What if I go to Pharaoh and he doesn't believe me?" And God asks him, 
What is that in your hand? He asked, what is that in your hand? For Moses, he replies, and he goes, a staff. He was holding his staff, his shepherd's staff that he used for shepherding. And this staff becomes a sign that God uses as Moses goes. Yeah? Uh, I had a few pictures up there, but it didn't come through. But you look throughout all of Exodus, and there's everywhere that Moses does something really good, there's a staff there. Yeah, he held it up above his head in that story where the the um, sea, or one, the sea, that was another one. There's a sea. Yeah, we can turn this into Bible study. What have you guys got? Yeah, no, <laughs> no. Um, yeah, the staff is always there. And this staff is something that God uses in Moses. Right, Moses is a shepherd. So what, what was a staff to Moses? A staff was his gifts. A staff was a thing that he was so familiar with and he was good at it. Yeah, he'd use his staff to keep the sheep in line as he was shepherding them. He'd use that staff and he was good at it. That was, his, that was one of his gifts, his staff, his shepherding ability. Same for us. God gifts us with specific skills and abilities and he wants to use them for his purposes. As he sends his people out, he calls... He calls them to trust Him that He will give them gifts, our own staffs, if you like. I can tell you right now, I definitely don't have an actual staff in my hand. I would be a terrible shepherd. Um, Can you imagine me walking through the desert with all these sheep just being like, no, 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 stay in line. No, I couldn't do that, right? But God has given me other things that I'm good at. He's given you other things that you are good at. He's given you gifts. Every one of us has gifts from God. I wonder what they are for you. I wonder what God is wanting to use in your hands. What have you got in your hands that God can use? What is it that you can do that nobody else can do? What is that for you? What's the thing that that you understand it, you understand how it all goes, and you just can't understand how other people don't get it? Does that make sense? Because that is your gift. That's the thing that God has gifted you with, understanding, skills, abilities. That's the thing. And God wants to use that as you go out, as you begin to use your hands, as He has called us to. God wants to use those gifts of yours. And He calls us to trust Him as we use those gifts. The second thing that God calls us to trust Him with is that He will provide people for us to use our hands with. All right, if you look uh, once again in chapter 4, we meet a guy called Aaron, right? Aaron was Moses' brother. And yeah, in chapter 4, verse 10, Moses is like, I can't, you know, I can't go to Pharaoh. I can't speak. I'm not eloquent enough. Uh, I've never been able to speak. And he's like kind of stressing out. Um, and God, God thinks and he responds to Moses and he goes, what about, what about your brother Aaron? Yeah, your brother Aaron? That can't he speak really well? In the end, he can. And in the end, Moses and Aaron go together to Pharaoh. And Aaron is like the mouthpiece of Moses, right? Moses, Moses is like the brains, and Aaron is like actually does the thing. He speaks to Moses, all that kind of stuff. So, what can we learn from that? We learn is what we learn is that God is not just sending you out by yourself to use your hands for Him, right? As you go from today. 
God is not calling, you know, mercy, I'm calling you to go and use your hands. Now go for it, all right? Just like he did with Moses, he gave Moses Aaron. Aaron. <laughs> so encouraging that you're not the only one, yeah? You're not the only one going out. So I want to ask you, who is the Aaron to your Moses? <laughs> See Aaron at the sound desk giving these ones to me. It could be Aaron. Who are you serving God alongside? Who are you serving alongside? Uh, turn to the next person next to you. Give them a shove. Say, hey, bro. And tell them, you're the Aaron to my Moses. <laughs> Very good. There's this thing called the body of Christ. There's this thing called the body of Christ in the New Testament in 1 Corinthians. And what we learn is that God calls all his body to go out and serve him. All right? So the person next to you just told him that you were the Aaron to my Moses. That's who God is calling. Yeah, God is calling you two. You said it to each other. God is calling all of us as a church community. He's giving us that people who we can serve God with. He is using all these different communities across the world in different churches. He's using all of us together to be his hands and feet in his world. So you're not the only one. If you ever feel like your gifts are like, I don't know what I'm going to do, that's probably because you can't. The person next to you has those gifts that can do that. But at the end of, or in the middle of chapter 4, at the end of the section, God says in verse 17, he goes, Moses, I still want you to take your staff. Even though Aaron is the guy who will go with you, he will do the things, I still want you to take your gift. And I want to use that. And we see throughout Exodus that he uses that gift of Moses. So we take our staffs and we trust that God is going to give us people around us who we can do it with. And the last thing, the last thing that God calls us to trust is his promise. All right. If you circle back to chapter 3, after God tells Moses to go, Moses goes, just like you and I would do, who am I? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? See, Moses feels totally incapable. He feels not ready. He, he doesn't know what he's going to say. Just how I'm sure we feel a lot of the time. And how does God respond to Moses in this circumstance? Verse 12, we have in yellow, I will be with you. I will be with you. That's the promise that he calls us to trust. God promises his own very presence. God doesn't just send us out and say, right, uh, in act, you were aware of me. Yeah, like I've commissioned you. I've called you to go. I've given you gifts. I've given you people to do it with. He, and then he doesn't just say, now go for it. I've given you all that. Just go. He says, no, I've given you all this. And one more thing I'm going to give you is my own presence. So as you go, I'm going to be right there with you. As you're going, I'll be next to you. I'll be the burning bush inside you that will push and guide and do all that. And you see that throughout Exodus. If you flick through Exodus this week, you'll see God stretching out his own hand over the situation. Right? The plagues, Moses didn't do the plagues. That was God who brought that and caused that to, you know, cause the people to be brought 
out of Egypt. That was God who was acting, coordinating, stepping in when he needed to step in, all of those kind of things. God was not distant throughout the book of Exodus. And some of you need to hear that today. As you go and as we try and use our hands in the world as God has called us, we need to hear that we are not alone. Yes, we have people to do it with, but we also have a God who promises to be with us wherever we go. Sometimes we don't understand why he isn't as active as we'd like him to. We don't understand why he doesn't just pick up the people and put them in the promised land as we talked about before. But God calls us to trust that promise. And he calls us to trust that his mighty hand is still present today as it was in the time of the Exodus. He calls us, he sends us into his world as his children and his presence is a thing that goes with us. He goes with us. And he calls us to trust that. So as we wrap up, we've looked at ACT. Yeah? A, C, T, awareness, commission, trust. And I'm aware that this lands in different places for many of us. Um, some of us need to encounter the grace of God for the very first time. Some of us need to experience that boulder at the top being dropped in, or platypus or beaver, whatever you like, being dropped in and experiencing that, that overflow. If that's you, we'd totally love to pray with you and chat with you and just ask questions about what that looks like after the service. Um, we'd love to. So ask someone next to you, come and ask me, whoever you like. We'd love to chat more about you about that, more with you about that. For some of us, we've experienced that boulder dropping and we've got both our hands ready. We're like, God, you know, what can I do? Show me, you know, where do you want me to go? Some of us, that's us. Some of us believe we've been, we've been called and we've been sent by God to a particular uh, situation and maybe like Moses, we feel a bit inadequate there. We say, well, what am I going to say? What am I going to do? I don't know. That might be us today. I pray that wherever this lands for you, wherever you're at today, God's promise of his presence would be the thing that encourages us to take that next step. That God's presence would encourage you to take that next step. Because the reality is that God is calling us to use our own hands in his world. He's calling us to know him and understand him with our heads, as Andrew talked about. He's calling to us to know him with our hearts and give our hearts to him, as Danny talked about. And today he's calling us to use our hands and to act, as we've talked about. And he promises that his hand will go with us as we use our hands. Yep. So as we experience this boulder dropping, may it be the Holy Spirit that lives within us and may that be the thing that compels us to act as we go forward. Yeah? Does that sound cool? We're going to take some time to um, chat about this and kind of nut this out a bit more as we respond. Um, we're going to split into um, groups around you, no more than kind of three, and just kind of wrestle what this actually looks like you for act in your world today. Yeah, you've heard awareness, commission, 
trust. What does that actually look like for you? We have a few questions up here that you can kind of bat around and ask. Uh, what is what is the what is the thing that you just can't get out of your head right now? What is God like stirring? What is that situation? What is that person that God is speaking to you about right now? And what would it look like you, for you to act in that situation? All right. And as a as a tangible thing, we've got some texts up here that we'll hand out, and I want you to write something like maybe the person's name or the situation or draw a little symbol or something on your hand, yeah? On your hand, find somewhere to do it. And as we go, that's going to be the thing that we take home. And that's going to be the situation or the thing or the person that God wants you to act in, yeah? All right, so break up into little groups, have a chat, um, and at the end, pray for each other as well, and the texts will be coming around. So God, we pray that as we, um, as we seek to use our hands for you, God, in the course of our weeks, over the course of our lives, God, and we pray that you would help us and we thank you that you have already promised us that you will help us and you will be with us and you will be guiding and prompting us as to what you want us to do and how you want us to act. God, we, we pray that you would help us to be attentive to that and be aware of that. Be aware of the promptings, um, be aware of your presence moving within us as we go and, in, and we engage um, in our weeks, in all the different circumstances, all the different people, all the different things we've written on our hands. God, we pray that you would help us as your people bring your kingdom and your message to this world, God. We pray that you, we, we would be able to be your hands and your feet throughout our weeks in all these different situations and with all these different people, God. God, we thank you for your presence and we thank you that you have been speaking to us tonight and we pray that you would help us to, to put this into practice and to, to begin to act in the course of our weeks, God. And we pray these things in your name. Amen.